Welcome to Reveal, a Wheeler brand podcast of the Wheeler brand. Uh, today we're talking about Touchdown Tom's producer old de- debut, I guess. Did he produce this? He's he's listed as a producer. That's that's a lie. <laughs> we're eighty for Brady. Uh, I'm I'm putting in the TikTok song for uh, an intro, probably. I have not listened to it. The um the one I posted the the bootleg. I said what? I, oh, I yeah, I, I did see that. Um, I guess we should just sort of apologize to all of our listeners then, right away. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I, it's um yeah. There's no this. Mm, what are you? What are your general thoughts? <clears throat> This is okay. So I'm a, uh, I'm an enjoyer of like B plus to B minus movies. Like I'm comfortable in that range. Um, and you know, usually on your podcast, I take the role of like the hater. Like I just I hate these things so much. And I'll be honest with you, this movie was nothing. It was nothing. But yeah. Every now and again, it's like watching an EKG machine and hoping that a heart will restart. And there are moments of just delight that uh, you wouldn't expect um, that are bookended by nothing. It's imagine the director had six good ideas and about 92 minutes to show you all of them. Um, Honestly, honestly, it's more like 60 minutes. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, we'll get to how the movie is like 60 minutes long. <laughs> um, imagine that. It, it, let's treat it like it is 60 minutes. Then it's one good idea every 10 minutes with nine minutes of padding on either side. That's, that's kind of this movie. But, which... Yeah. I said I like movies in the D plus to B minus range, and this is the bottom of that curve. I would give this movie a D plus overall. It's it's not an F for me. I, I could I could sit through it if I went to like my aunt's house and it was on the TV and she was not gonna change it. That's what that's exactly that's a perfect definition of this movie. A movie that's on TV, you're not you don't care enough to change it, but you're not really gonna pay attention to it either. One of the stars did remind me of my grandma, and so that may give it extra points. I was looking at the movie, and I was like, "Oh, oh, she just like my grandma." Honestly, the the cast, the cat, the old lady cast is great. They're they're fun. I who was the one that was like that? I know you'll have to. You'll have, the it's horny, the horny one was Jane Fonda. Thank you. Yeah, you you knew what I was driving at, but I didn't want you to have to. To choose from the the gilves. I know they're like your children. Um, <clears throat> I think of all of them, Jane Fonda's whole like story arc might have been the weakest. Yeah, the <laughs> Gronk fan fiction. Yeah, the the Gronk fuck fiction. I'm I'm a big fan of it conceptually, but we never actually got any payoff for it. Like, and I would love more of like because they had a great moment at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Um, where she finally meets Gronk, and he's like, hey, I take your fuck fiction everywhere with me. The only thing that helps me get it up anymore. <laughs> and I, I 
I wish I wish they had like leaned into that a little harder and been like, oh, I'm pen pals with Gronk. He tells me about the real sex and then I fictionalize it. Yeah, it every idea in this movie, it's not a bad idea, but don't go all the way for it. They just stop like I want to say halfway of all the ideas. I will say, I know it was written for grandmamas because every time an old lady is challenged with any situation in this movie, she wins. Yeah. And I know that may seem reductive, but um, having had a smarmy grandma, still do. She's great. I love my grandma. Um... I know that she likes to put on a, a sort of wry smile and give you a scenario. You'd be like, no, I don't, I don't know if you could win this. And she'd be like, but what if I did win this? And this movie is just that. It's just, just that moment for my grandma over and over. Yeah, it's very, yeah. Uh, I, let's see. I'm, I'm going to go fast and loose with the notes a little bit. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't take any. I, that's honestly smart. Uh, Oh, yeah, we all we open up with them with the welcome to Boston, and like that was that was uh, that was the uh, Boston kind of uh, an unnecessary shot of Boston. Yeah, Didn't really gain anything from it by telling us where they were. Like it gives like oh yeah they're Boston they're Patriot fans like that gives it something but like not really. Is that where the Patriots are from? Like this is is that where New England is? Yeah, yeah, like that general Boston uh, area. Because the uh, there's a Family Guy episode where uh, Peter joins the Patriots. I I know the Shapoopy episode. It's one of the very good episodes of Family Guy, of which there are a few. <laughs> they 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 talk about how handsome Tom Brady is too much in this. There's a level of Wheeler. This I know is spoiler territory. <laughs> But there's a level of sweat fetishism in this movie that is so gross and egregious. Like, I have a pretty high tolerance. I was gagging. I was like, why do you want that? Uh, they are a bunch of old ladies have a, a Patriots watch night. And they have this superstition that if they don't do specific things, their Patriots aren't going to win. Because they one time it happened. And the Patriots won. I'll be honest, I can't remember. <laughs> but I, but I, I remember I was watching, and I like got into it for a little bit. And I, I'm going to jump ahead to that. I, I don't please, think, please. I don't think anyone on God's green earth cares about 80 for Brady spoiler. So forget all that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to wait. Um, <clears throat> there is a part late into the film where they they get into the Super Bowl. But the Pats are getting their asses whipped like they deserve. And I thought they were going to recreate their ritual in the stadium, and it was going to work. That'd be cute. It should have happened. It would have been good writing. They did something else, which was essentially giving Tom Brady a pep talk over the radio, which, fine, that's very direct. But you had a chance. That's what happened in real life. Yeah. You you really had an awesome chance to book into this movie with like, hey, it's not just about Tom Brady's good at football. It's about the power of these old women's friendship. I would have loved that. And I was like gripping my desk, really hoping for it. It 
it's a missed chance. And like like this movie is fully capable of being a B minus, but it's it's decisions like not doing that that hold it back. <laughs> okay. I, one of my notes here is Jane Fonda still kinda got it. Yeah, she's not my type. You're right, but she's not my type. Hmm. Okay. Uh Jane Fonda likes Gronk. Sally Field, the youngest looking one, the nerd. Uh Lily Tomlin is the leader. And Rita Moreno is the divorced looking one. Um, it took me a second to realize what you mean, and you're right. She does look divorced. And she's she's very much not divorced, but she looks divorced. It's, it's like a he's dead to me situation. <laughs> um, uh, the the one with the glasses. Is there more than one with glasses? The one with the biggest glasses and the straight. Yeah, the hair. nerd. The nerd. That's the one that reminded me of my grandma. Hmm. And um, God, my grandma would love this movie. I think on that point they nailed it. Like she probably saw it in theaters. Yeah, like I feel like this is very much a uh, like, like I said, I, we, I said it before, but like the old ladies nail it. Uh, uh, Fonda, the apparently Fonda and Lily Tom are like best friends, like outside it. of this, uh, from like all the way back to I don't know what movie it was with Dolly Parton. Oh, um, can you imagine if Dolly was in this movie? She should be. She should have been. I She's agree. Been but like, yeah, they're best friends. They have a a different TV show where they're like. Yeah, and it's like very, it's, <laughs> I've it's very. Let me see. We're let's post a clip in here. I no, I just I just I think I just posted in the channel. Uh, make sure I don't forget old woman Yuri or whatever. Yeah, you need to you need to elucidate me on that one. You you apparently picked up on things in the narrative that I did not. This is not as much as a narrative as much as it's them being like best friends, like super best friends like outside of this oh super best friends huh <laughs> yeah let me see n-a-m-c frankie and what what's it called i'm just gonna find the tomlin oh actually while we're doing this topic uh jane fonda and her i think this was part of the 80 for brady media tour or whatever talking about politicians what her, uh, her, she's the one that said the thing about politicians about, oh, they're doing that. We might as well, uh, uh get rid of them. Oh, murder. Uh, she was like, yeah, go ahead and murder this guy. That was like based Jane Fonda. Yeah. I know. Here's a TikTok of them being like cute together that I, that's from last year, apparently. <clears throat> I cannot post the video itself, but I couldn't link it. I'm opening it. I don't want to log into TikTok. I don't have an account. Lily Tomlin, right? <laughs> she say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be old. Well, I can wait to be old. But I like seeing old people have fun. Because that means when I'm old, I'll have fun. If the Earth is still here. Oh, this, <laughs> this is a fun clip of them hosting. I'm from them hosting Ellen. From Ed when that was a thing wait ellen the generous the show apparently ellen wasn't hosting a week so they hosted oh then it's a fun this is very fun clip okay that's spectacular oh so wheeler what does your grandma think about this movie i i don't think she would have a very a very much opinion on this 
It's very much a white people movie. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> not to not to put it all on the team, but the Patriots are kind of white people football. Very much so. Uh, I think this the the Super Bowl they cover in this is the one where racism uh, revitalized. No, it was not the one where the fucking uh, where the Pats pooped all over the Panthers. No, 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 Falcons. This okay. is the Fal- This was the one after. Bad. This was the second wave. <laughs> I was there in person, not at the Super Bowl, but at my grandma's house watching the the Pats Panthers game. And I was going for the Panthers because it's the North Carolina team. And NC gets to win something for once, maybe. And it isn't like the racism awards. Um, and then the Pats just took a big dump all over that dream. No hesitation. Fuck Tom Brady, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. The, they... Want to go to Super Bowl, but realistically, it's impossible to go to because, like, it's expensive. They're old. Uh, they're old. <laughs> Being old doesn't mean you can't just go to sports. You're that, that's just sitting down in a different place. <laughs> you have a make a good point there. Uh, they try to enter the co- ticket contest. Mm-hmm. That the fact that that. After that, I kind of expected that plot point to last a bit longer than it does. <laughs> I know we're going to say that about every plot point in this. It really is a movie where if they had just put, if they had committed to one thing or the other, it would have elevated it. But it's, it's God, it's so flat. And I'm so sad about it. Well, and, and at the end of all that, uh, she has a vision of Tom Brady talking to her. We got to talk about that. The multiple ghost force ghost Tom Brady's. Yeah, she has a weird, like supernatural connection to Tom. Um, because it's not just like, oh, she's a fan. It's like, it's like he's a fan back to her, and that's really weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she gets tickets, which everyone assumes she won the contest. Yeah, even me for most of the movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I have for now. I've written, written down wig because Jane Fonda has wigs. They should have done more with this. Um, she did give a kid probably sixty years her junior, like the most painfully rigid wood of his life apparently according to subtext <laughs> I'm not trying to be especially crude here but Jane Fonda made his dick hard <laughs> in order to do a kidnap oh yeah uh, that guy I, I, yeah he's a comedian guy I forgot his name but yeah oh the, the, the guy who lusts after Jane Fonda is like a comedian yeah Oh, that's like how Scott Sice was a paramedic in Cocaine Bear. I like when they do that. There's a few like random cameos of this like people in this. Uh, let me see, Jimmy O Yang. Okay. What's? Let me see what he's in. He was in uh, uh nothing. Nothing I care about really. <laughs> 
He was, he was in one episode of Simpsons in 2018. Oh, season 52. He was in one, two episodes of American Dad. Uh, not, yeah, nothing else I care about at all. Okay. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I think, I think at some point you and I should watch some of the new episodes of American Dad. Why is that? <laughs> Apparently, that shit is like crazy now. Like, it's not just, um, it's not just like, uh, Steve is a, not Steve, Stan is a a conservative and is ruining his family's lives. It's like Klaus marries a ghost trapped in an amulet, and it's a whole story about how she deserves agency. Hmm. Um, shit's nuts. And like, I'm not saying it's good, but it's so interesting. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, okay. Now, now I see in my notes where the sweat part comes in. Uh, enjoy men the way the Romans did. Uh, sweaty, piled on top of each other, tight pants. The Romans didn't wear tight Romans didn't wear pants. <laughs> uh, here is another plot point they didn't really follow up on. Uh, the sleeping medicine, blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure medicine. I I agree with you, but I also think that that's just something you take as a given when you're an old lady. Okay, I'm saying they did it once, but like you don't make it. They make it okay. Make sure you you have your blood pressure medicine actually now, and not just. They should have used her to play possum, like make somebody aware of her blood pressure issue, and then she fakes dead to distract them. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like an actual like a actual plot set up there, but no, it just. This part, this is just a one. It's such a shame. It's it's a useful rhetorical device that they simply didn't use. And now we just go, oh yeah, we go straight to the ho- to the straight to flying to uh wherever the Super Bowl was this year. Where was it? Let's see, I, what was this? It's like uh okay, let me just... eighty for Brady Super Bowl Li Houston Texas. They got all the way to text. Oh yeah, because that one one of them kept like lying to her kids about where she was. Yeah, that's that's one plot that kind of sticks. They uh, go to sleep at like five p.m. as you do, and uh, they have a whole moment about feeling weird about flying off, going on this big trip, and. She has this whole thing where her daughter calls her and goes, "Hey, you got a your doctor calls me. What's what's the deal with this?" She's like, "Ah, f- you, you don't need to fuck the the doctor's full of shit. I'm football." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I again, like that's a, that they kind of stick to that, but also it goes nowhere again. Kind of stops mattering uh, at pretty quickly. What was your what mattered, Wheel? What what uh, uh, what do you think was the part that mattered the most? Tom Brady. <laughs> that was the part that was biggest for you. Oh no! Okay. Uh. Hmm. Huh. Like. Hmm. I would say the thing. The only part I would say like really hit the where it was supposed to, where it was like planning to, would probably be the. Uh, the storyline with the nerdier grand, the nerdier lady, with her, her like establishing 
that uh, her husband needs to stand for himself, work for himself, don't need her input on everything, all that. She's right, but also, I gotta say, it's it's rare to find a man that old that values your opinion that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not that I'm, you know, obviously they have other marital problems, but... That guy took an interest and also wanted her input, and I, yeah, I found it hard not to feel a little bad for him. If I'm being honest, yeah, that's just me being a big softy. But I, I feel like she had some inspiring things to say to him, but not necessarily kind. It probably would have been better if it wasn't over the phone. Yeah, I agree. Oh, uh, have the strap on. Oh, I like the strap on. That's. I would say shit like that, for sure. I, I, I say shit like that now. <laughs> the homophobic look from the server is the funniest part. <laughs> Was there a homophobic server? Yeah, uh, let me let me, let me me find the clip. Have it, have it right here. Like, right after she says it, the, the like, server act like, huh? Okay, strap two. I don't know if this has a cut in it or not, but there's there's one of these. Is is it? <laughs> that is a homophobic look. What the hell? <laughs> <sighs> Maybe it was just a "don't have your strap on at the restaurant" look. It could be either. It could be either. Uh, they have a whole agenda, I guess, planned. Thing. That's if you've ever seen an older dad going to the airport. This is normal. <clears throat> Uh, they go to NFL. Wait, uh, why don't? Okay, I have NFL experience written down because I remember that part. But I don't have Amazon River Pickle written written down. Amazon River Pickle? I'm trying I have to no fucking clue. What? What would I that? I have be? no. I have no clue either. It could mean anything. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, football. So here's the thing. I know enough about football to watch football. Yes. Which is more than some. You know, I don't have to be told what a what a first down is or how many points a touchdown is. That's I got that. It's fine. Um that said, this movie doesn't have a lot of football in it until you get to the stock footage. Like it's hey, that's not stock footage. That's footage of the game from 2017. Oh, I mean, I guess you're right, but it feels like stock footage. It's even in a lower resolution than the rest of the film. That's how that's how things were in 2017. You're right. I was also in a lower resolution at the time. Okay. Uh. Okay. I, okay. The thing about the Gronk erotica, I never noticed before. I didn't like understand before. Was that it was official, like it was officially... endorsed by the NFL. Yes, like it was released. It was not like just a thing she did, not like a hobby. I think it must have started as a hobby, right? And then Gronk yeah. was like, "Hey, I jacked into this." <laughs> uh, holidays are a very sexual time for me. I that was written for laughs, but I've seen enough like sex art of Santa costumes to know exactly where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we get uh, the spicy wings contest with Guy Fieri. 
Oh, Guy Fieri, a tour de force in this film. Yeah, uh, he, a, a he's, king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the wing contest. Uh, okay, the wing contest happens. Uh, Jane Fonda does um goes to the book stuff. Uh, Lily Tomlin uh wins a bunch of jerseys with by just slowly old lady throwing football footballs. Yeah, that's what that's exactly what I was thinking of about when I said that this is just a movie about old women getting to win. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, didn't we get into the love interest for Jane Fonda's character? She had one? The Dan. Dan? Who the fuck is Dan? <laughs> he's a fake football guy. He's not a real football guy, but he's a football guy in the universe of this movie. I don't understand. They made up a football football guy for this movie. They made up a football guy. He talks about how he won like five rings. And he's not a real, real. He's not a real. Why did they make up a fictional <laughs> football player? It's to be a love interest. That's. Why couldn't she just, like. I don't know. Is there a reason she couldn't have fucked, like, Roethlisberger or something? <laughs> uh, let's see. Win the win contest. Uh. What is this? Uh, Guy Fieri brisket? That's some after the contest, I'm assuming. Doesn't he say something kind of erotic about brisket? I, I think he does. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think he does. I don't have it written down. Uh, and then we get invited to... Okay, no, she loses the thing. They don't realize it till after Guy Fieri is long gone and all that. And then they get invited by football man to the football party where Guy Fieri probably is. <laughs> There's a lot of assumptions in this movie. This at this point, I was like, "How is there an hour left in this movie?" Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> okay, this is kind of the funniest part of the movie. At the start of the party, they just walk. They walk in. Uh, not even walk in. They walk in. They get to the entrance. Uh, Sally Field. These a guy. Two guys flirting by nagging. They're doing what? Nagging. Oh, yeah, they were nagging. It's how we flirt. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> they, I think they refer to this as a fun funeral. Uh, talk about piles of cocaine in an eyes wide shut sex room. <laughs> That's not a bad pull. I think that's pretty funny, actually. And then they get weeded. <laughs> they do get weeded. What an excellent piece of filmmaking that they get weeded. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, this is where they figure out they have a lost ticket. They didn't know that before. Yeah. And they realized it till the party when they were on weed. Now, weed doesn't really make you hallucinate. (laughs) We're coming up on some hallucinations, as I recall. A little bit. Some some manifestations. Wait, no. Am I mistaken? Was it the weed that made her see that? Or did one of the old ladies, like, drop acid? No, it was weed. No. Weed doesn't do that to you. No, Uh, 80 for Brady. Oh, this is where we get the Mark Ribelay cameo. Who is Mark Ribelay? Uh, A music guy. He was the guy in the robe. The robe? Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, his music is basically what he was doing in the movie. Very, yeah, yeah, like that type of, yeah, soulful-ish, white guy soul. Yeah, this movie did not have a terrible soundtrack. Um, Although only one song really stood out to me, and that was Forget Me Not by Say She... uh, It's such a hard band name to say. Uh, Say She She. Uh, they have a really good track, and it's in the movie. Um, I don't hmm. know why, but it, it is. Hmm. And then we get the Fieri hallucinations, where uh, the divorced one sees Guy Fieri walking up the steps. But it's not Guy Fieri, probably. It's <laughs> that's simply not that. That's it's not how weed works, guys. He did then uh, uh, follow him, follow him to a poker room. With a bunch of Guy Fieri's. I think that weed was laced with drugs. <laughs> uh, have not I have, slap, have slap dance written down? Slap dance? See? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, the nerd one, uh, while dancing with some guy, slaps him accidentally. Uh-huh. Yeah. That leads to them having a whole moment, almost leading to her cheating, I guess, maybe. Yeah, another sad moment for for not cheating. And she calls him like a like a like a <laughs> what was it? Uh, not a was it a boy, a teenager or something like that. But anyway, he says, "I'm 36. I'm a man." <laughs> no, not to her, you ain't. I didn't get the husband moment. Uh, then we get the reveal of the weed wears off, so we get a reveal of the Guy Fieri's as Billy Porter, Patton Pat Oswalt, Marshawn Lynch, and other people. I I don't know. Billy Porter was pretty fun in this movie. Yeah, it's um, kind of it's kind of weird not playing himself, but I sure. I mean, he's playing close to himself. Yeah. Do you want to see him wearing like a really swaggy hat? Sure. This hat fucking kills it. And make this the art of the fucking pod for all I care. Um, that, is, that is a good hat. Dude fucking rules. He plays um, Goo Goo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. I don't think that's a fun joke. Yeah, before, Goo, before Gaga there was Goo Goo. <laughs> I don't think that's anything. Um, He's not. Yeah. I was excited to see Patton Oswalt. Yeah. I like that old fool. He has said some jokes that sucked. But I like that old fool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they then find out their tickets are no, no. They do still don't find their tickets. Then they okay. Wait. Okay. I'm trying to understand the plot because this is where my notes break down, and I don't remember anything that happens. I kind of do, but it's a bit of a jumble. So you can correct me as we go. Okay. <clears throat> After the poker game, in which wants to be divorced, Grandma. Um. It sweeps them all. Yeah. Uh, she thinks she's. Uh, th- this was a gambit to get enough money to buy legit scalper tickets. Um, but it turns out it was a charity game, and she has to donate all of her winnings. Hmm. Um, but that's okay because the one that looks like my grandma has run down Guy Fieri and got her hands on her, uh, her dild, um, what was it? Her strap on? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Not the other thing. 
and uh, her strap-on has the tickets they started out with in it. Um, they get to the ticket booth, and it turns out that they got uh, they got bullshit tickets from an asshole. Yeah. Um, this is where we see, see Ron Funches as the security guard. Oh yeah, that is Ron Funches. What else is he? Have, uh, comedies. Ah. Apparently, uh, I have a moral moment written down here. A what moment? Moral. Oh yeah. What moral lesson did you draw from this film? None. Are you sure there wasn't a moral lesson in uh, 80 for Brady? Uh, do things when you're old. I'm scrolling back up. Uh, yeah, I do have some... Uh, Gugu has gay superpowers. Yes, yeah, that's true. You called this a very McElroy-esque movie. Okay, okay, that's not... That's Actually, yeah, that's true. Tell me, elucidate on that, please. In the same way that, uh, uh, Blart is. It feels like the same, same, similar energy. You're saying we should watch 80 for Brady every year. No, I'm not saying all that now. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like the jokes are funny in the bits, but not in itself. I think, maybe, who knows? Oh yeah, there is a moral lesson. I wrote it down. The moral of the entire movie is always pay full price for Super Bowl tickets. That's kind of true, yeah. (laughs) We get the dance scene of them uh, dancing because they're trying to be sneaked in as choreo for Lady Gaga Super Bowl. Yeah, that was nothing. That was very nothing. Uh, And then uh, there's a whole thing about Jane Fonda ghosting Dan. That means nothing to me. Okay. Also, have why does it look like a like an SNL sketch? Yeah. Um. When they're in the stands. Now we're getting close to the end of the film. We're getting there. But uh, I have written down here, and I didn't write down notes so much as I just banged out my reactions in the Discord. Uh, three words: uh, Terry Bradshaw sighting. Um, do you know who Terry Bradshaw is? Maybe. Maybe okay. not. Growing up, and specifically, the football game is coming on Fox, right? You know how before the game comes on, there's like six fucking hours of people talking about football before they let you watch it? Yeah, of course. Terry Bradshaw is the bald guy who was on that show. Ah. You'll know him if I show him to you. It'll unlock all sorts of deep memories. Oh, wait, wait. We forgot a very important plot point here. Uh Uh-huh. The people that won the ticket contest... Were a support group of dudes named Tom Brady who could never live up to the legacy of Tom Brady. That's dumb. It's so dumb. He's not that great of a guy. He's not. Uh, here's uh, a here's a photo of Terry Bradshaw. Just yeah, yeah, okay. He's been bald our entire lives. <laughs> uh, let's see. They get caught on the jumbotron. And then they get called Golden Girls by Ryan Funches. That's pretty good. They kind of had to. Yeah, they, they really did. Uh, they get into the skybox somehow? Yeah, did they just, like, run for it? That whole sequence is a blur. I think they... No, no, no. They meet Dan. Oh, and God. She, she apologizes. She, they're like, oh, I just wanted to avoid it because I didn't want feelings, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, they get in the skybox. And then Andy from Conan is there. Andy from Conan. 
Andy Richter. Richter? Andy. Chubby face guy. He was the rich man. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Why is there a picture of Marie Barone looking really angry in his Google result? Marie Barone is Ray Romano's mom, by the way. Like, in, in the fiction of Everybody Loves Raymond. Huh, okay. They get into the booth. That's for goddamn sure. Somehow, some way. Um, and in the booth, they, uh, because the Pats are beefing it, um, they get into Tom Brady's helmet radio, which okay. I think is a fundamentally dangerous thing to have in football. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's only for sidelines, I think. I don't know if that's true. They'd have to swap out their helmets. No, no, I mean, like, it's only thing, like, only, like, active on the sidelines. Yeah, you're still running down the field with the radio equipment around your head. It's just like a mic. It's fine. And why are those legal and not the contact lenses that let you see shrimp colors? <laughs> okay, at this point, my notes is how much of this is just football fi- footage? Lots. Uh, betting on a 23-8 lead. <laughs> the long odds. Is the story they made Tom win? The story is that they got Tom to win. This yes. is just football. Falcons the, really, really blew a 28-3 lead. It's, this is, they, they charge Tom Brady up so much that he says the fuck word. He did. Mm. They had to teach Tom Brady the word fuck for this movie. And this one, they, after the team, they win, they get to the locker room. They, uh, yeah. The grossest this... sequence of dialogue in American film history. Gronk, uh, to have a fan fiction thing. Uh, Tom Brady's there, I guess. There's like a really hairy football player, and one of them gets all up on them and says, I want to shave you. Oh, yeah, that does happen. Which I, that was so bad for me. It was so bad. There's a, the, the follow-up of them having a family moment now of this, of it being uh, the leader and her daughter now bonding over this. Uh, Jane Fonda. I don't, I don't know if Dan was there. I don't think Dan was there. Uh, the divorce one now being with uh, the guy from the, the old elderly home that was helping her out, uh, all that, and still doing the ritual. We were right. They should have done the ritual of the game. Should have. Yeah. I can't believe, not to use this turn of phrase in this particular context, but I can't believe they dropped the ball on that one. Then we get the epilogue. Yeah, the epilogue. The um, epilogue. Nick Fury turns up, and, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm about. 12 years too late for that joke. <laughs> God, I, more like 15 now. Fuck you. That was like 2008. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, in high school, which is always 10 years ago. I was, I, I'm not, I'm going to spare you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're on the beach with Tom and he says, and he says, same to retire if you feel like you still got it. He retired like two months before this movie came out. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story about the guy who led a perfectly normal life 
and the first time he got his head x-rayed, they found that his brain was like 90% smaller than usual. This is a real medical yeah. thing. This is a real medical thing. Like, he's perfectly fine. He, he, was, he, he was a regular guy about town. They x-rayed his head. It was mostly air in there. Hmm. And watching this movie, I'm like, I bet that guy would be really good at football. Because the reason Tom has to retire is because if he gets one more concussion, his spine is going to telescope and he's just going to fold up like a Swiss army knife. Hmm. But if you don't have the brain mass and you've got extra space for it to swing around in there like a sticky hand, um, you could play football for 80 years. Yeah, just keep it, keep it away from the edges, keep it like in the center. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm just, I think we need football without limits. I want the contact lenses. I want holograms. I want speed booster panels. I want jetpacks. I want a statue of Sir Walter Raleigh in the middle of the field. It's, we haven't seen what football can be yet. And Tom could have given us that chance, but they won't let him eat strawberries. So he's never going to be at his full potential. <sighs> uh, there's also, I forget the line in, early in the movie where they talk about how old Tom is. And he says, like, that's like 80 in, like, what was it? It's like 80 in regular person years. I don't like that. That, <laughs> that implies that Tom Brady is going to die in, like, five years. I- I'm fine with that, personally. I, I am fine with that. <laughs> But that means that they look to him and they're like, oh, this is like a this is like an old dog. He's he's only got a few minutes left in him, but he's still a good boy. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't I don't know. I don't know what I expected from this movie. But I don't think it was it was the movie. Watch some trash, right, Wheeler? Well, what would you say is like, and and dig into the past twenty years. Think of box office whatevers. Um, what's like your average? Just this is a C movie. C movie. Uh, hmm. I hmm hmm. Uh, I watched Blockers, the John Cena parents chasing kids through parties. To make sure they don't have sex movie recently. That's years ago. That sounds that sounds pretty C like That's outland. an insane premise for a movie. Yeah. The idea is that these parents are have overheard their their well, wanting to lose their virginity on like prom night and now are attempting to stop it. Oh my god, it got a uh, an American Pie style outrageous unrated bonus content DVD. It was not it wasn't it did, didn't deserve that. I know, but it has it. And also this DVD um there's a picture of it on eBay where it has the original $5 bargain bin sticker on it and they're <laughs> selling it for 3.99. Yeah. <laughs> I think Don Cena gets like very naked in this movie. That's Sure. Um, it looks like he's being fed some panties in this movie, and he butt chugs, apparently. Yeah, that, oh yeah, I remember that. John Cena is like a sexless Ken doll. He's I mean, like he, a cartoon I mean, man. He's like wide Germa. I mean, he is going to be in that uh, Barbie movie as a, like, merman. Really? He's a merman? In the end Barbie movie? 
I can't wait to see the Barbie movie, TBH. I like it. When I think of movies that are a solid C, I think of, like, um, Without a Paddle, or (laughs) Meet the Parents, or Meet the Fockers, or um, Strange Wilderness. (laughs) Strange Wilderness is closer to a D. Um, I I, I can't tell if I'm getting... I think Strange Wilderness and Without a Paddle are getting merged in my mind right now. They came out at a very similar time, and uh, Without a Paddle was about three dudes who go camping in the woods and discover a weed growing up, and the guys who run it get pissed. And um, as they're chasing them, the guys then find D.B. Cooper's corpse and all of his money. Oh, yeah. Um, Strange Wilderness is about some guys who I think their granddad or their uncle passes away and leaves them uh, his uh, TV show that they have to keep going and revitalize. Uh, But they don't know anything about nature. So it's like... uh, this shark is the oh god! Look at his teeth. It's a, oh yeah, it's a Bigfoot one. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Okay. Um, and I think I think if eighty for Brady was a little funnier, um, if it was a little funnier, it would go on the same shelf as those. Yeah, it's it either be either a little trashier or a little bit funnier, and it's neither. I think trashier is the way to go. I, I think. Here's the thing. Old ladies, not all of them, but a lot of them, they won't admit it. Not to your face, because, you know, there's such a thing as human dignity. But um, they want to see raunchy stuff. They, they, I, I know for a fact from just listening to old people talk around me that they want to say and hear and be exposed to ridiculous, depraved shit. Uh, so I think, I think the move is probably... Give us an explicit reading of some Gronk fiction. Give us, show us some, show us some Brady bulge. I've, I, him being a producer on this, I feel like we were, we were never getting that much from this. You got to CGI the dick in. You, you got to get the Marvel people over and be like, hey, can we, can we borrow the, uh, the full model of the Hulk's dick you have from Avengers? Uh, we're we're just gonna color grade it to Tom Brady color. Uh, thanks <laughs> for that file. <sighs> I this is has been the experience of a movie. It, it was it was not much of a film in terms of length or content, but but it had. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't want to say heart. It didn't really have heart. However, okay, this is the degree of separation. It is the four old women starring in it wanted it to have heart, and I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is happening in this image? That's from the hotel, whatever scene. Oh yeah, they they do be holding hands. Oh, she's spooning, <laughs> spooning <laughs> in real close. Uh. <laughs> I don't know the two questions of Tom. Did Tom Brady look like he was having fun? Oh, yeah, we have questions. Hold on. Um, sort of. <laughs> uh, did Tom Brady look like he was having fun? He did. He said, fuck. I think he said, let's fucking do this. But it didn't sound like inspirational. If anything, it sounded like outrage. <laughs> I can't believe we're losing, and those grannies have to encourage us. 
I'm genuinely surprised they didn't have a the grandmamas are going to be cheerleaders moment. The dance sequence was close, but like not really. Yeah. I feel like they kind of wanted to keep it realistic, but also they didn't. It, it, it was not realistic. If it was realistic, there would have been like the math grandma would have finished eating the wings and it would just be a smash cut to ambulance sirens. <laughs> She really did just eat those rings casually. I think maybe she has, like, no taste buds. <laughs> she was hungry. Uh, Casey asks, is there any dick in the movie? <laughs> well, Wheeler, are you going to answer? <laughs> I, think the, I think we're good. <sighs> I think you owe our listeners an answer. I, I, there's not. There's not. There's you got Bronk erotica, Gronk erotica. That's it. I I think that counts as dick because you know that's like a four paragraph spread about just his big football hog, right? Like, <laughs> it, it, there's implied dick in the movie. It's implied. <sighs> okay, I have a question, and I'm glad I saved it to the end. Wheeler, I got a a prompt. I wanna I wanna get your imagination spinning up. Okay, okay. Elevator pitched me a sequel to 80 for Brady. Uh, You can choose one A-lister to be your main character and one director of your choosing. All directors are fair game. Hmm. Okay. The title is 80 for Brady 2, How Tom Got His Groove Back. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, hmm. Who's who's a good a? Okay, we're putting we're putting John Cena in this. <laughs> okay, that's, that's my A-lister. <laughs> hmm. Director, director. I I don't even know like two directors. That's the thing. So Martin Scorsese presents Eighty for Brady Two: How Tom Got His Groove Back, starring John Cena. Yeah, exactly. Okay. How does how does Tom get his groove back? Elevator picture. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> uh, this is, we've been we've been on a roll in, in, in the Discord of pitching movies now. Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> I can't tell if I want John Cena to be like part of the like fictional opposite team as like. Like like a rocky like a rocky uh, antagonist, <laughs> or if I want him to be like a hype man, Gronk too. <laughs> Both are very funny. I think you've got uh, I think you've got solid gold on your hands there. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I don't I did watch Rocky Rocky three recently. Mm-hmm. First off, more race more racial tension in that than I than I expected. Uh, yeah, such was the style at the time. Uh, because the whole thing of the, the Rocky's brother-in-law being, like, a little racist. A little, just a little racist. Eh, Italians can have little a racism <laughs> as a treat. Yeah, yeah, they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, also how, uh, uh, homoerotic... Uh, the Creed and Rocky stuff is at points. Oh my god, yeah. Now that's a good question. In your sequel, where does the homoeroticism come from? 
<laughs> I don't think Tom will allow that. I think Tom is vetoing. <laughs> oh no, it's a fully CGI Tom. He has no agency. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, that's great. He's gonna have like a like a like a long workout sequence of him and like I don't know uh, who's 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 young and being in Hollywood. Oh God, um, that's not like a like a twig. That's not like a twig. Uh God. I don't keep up with Hollywood. When I was a kid, it was unavoidable, but as an adult, it's extremely avoidable. Yeah, I was going to say Timothy Chalamet, but he's like a twig. I can't, I can't put him in there. He's going to Jason Momoa. Not something a little, little something in between, something in between. Let, mm, not as buff as Jason Momoa. Mm. Mm. Idris Elba. That's that's my dude yeah, right there. You know what? No, that could work. That could work. That could work. Deeply homoerotic Idris Elba and John Cena locker room scene. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. That's oh, also, also Hulk Hogan is in Rocky Three. I forgot about that. That's where the racial tension came from. <laughs> Surprisingly, not. He walked onto the set, and his aura just got everyone going. Let's see. For me, let's see what my 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 elevator pitch to you. First of all, I would greenlight your movie. I think you're going straight to the top of that. Hmm. Uh, for me, I think I want. Um, I think I want a crime film in the style of The Usual Suspects. So, like, um, God, who directed that? Uh, Brian Singer. Is that like all he directed? Surely not. I don't know enough about movies. Um, no, my God, he runs a whole production uh, production thing. He did a lot of the je- <laughs> he did a lot of the X Men movies. Okay, um, oh, no. oh, but he did a bad sex. So let's just say Guillermo del Toro. But let's give him a crime movie like an Ocean's Eleven. Hmm. Uh, I call it eighty to life for Brady. Um, and it's about. Four old women who break out of prison to go to the Super Bowl, so they're on they're on their own from the cops the entire time. Um, and I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking my lead. I probably want to be like, um, we can wait another uh, twenty years, but I, I kind of want, uh, I kind of want like an older, um. Like a sixty-seven-year-old Angelina Jolie to like bust out her Tomb Raider chops and mm. kind of lead the show here. Uh, as they you, like, hmm? how old do you think Angelina Jolie is? She is forty-seven years old. Okay, I was trying to make sure that that so, sounds that's that doesn't sound right, but it sounds it, sounds right. That's because she's gorgeous and she's frozen in time as the sexy Tomb Raider lady. This this happened to us in our youth. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think they have to like, they have to like break into Fort Knox to get like gold bars to to huck for like super jacked up scalped Super Bowl tickets. Um, that they have to buy from like a fucking Walter White style or a Jesse Pinkman style person, like someone who's very clearly on drugs. Um. And very clearly dangerous, but like, yeah, I gotta see Tom. And she like she like jiggles her arm and underneath her arm held like a fucking suitcase is a just like a big basket of strawberries. <clears throat> and she's like, he's gonna win this one. It's his last chance. 
I don't mm. care what happens after this. They can put me away forever. But he's getting the strawberry in his mouth before he dies. You're, you, you've already made a better movie. <laughs> I also think there should be an element of uh, speed or uh, crank. Both of which are names for drugs, but I'm talking about the bus that can't go under 50 or the guy whose heart will just stop if he stops. You remember that Jason Statham film? Yeah. Um, I like the idea that this is Tom's last game. And if he's not, if he doesn't run a certain amount of downs, his head will cave in like he'll, he'll auto concuss. So they're trying to give him the strawberries to keep him from auto concussing. <laughs> it's like giving Popeye spinach. <sighs> so, what do you think? Will I make it to the theater? Oh, for sure. This is going to be some blowout box office. Oh, double feature. Mine and then yours. You can cool them down. Send them home laughing. Okay. Let's look at some upcoming movies. Let's see where we are. Why is there an Inside Out 2? Um, they're turning someone else inside out. They are. It's Tom Brady. Self Rogan, Pete Davidson, Wall Street Bets movie. <laughs> no! Yeah. No, you can't make a movie about Redditors speculating about like money. That's nothing. Yeah. Coming out this October. Bullshit it is. Put it back in. The Joker, Shrek 5, as a, as y'all know. I didn't know that, but I... Is, is fucking... Uh, is Mike Myers coming back for Shrek 5? There's no info on it. This is Shrek 5. Oh, that sucks. There's a talking dog movie with Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, and Will Forte. That's... An R-rated talking dog movie. Oh, yeah. I saw a trailer for that. I think it looks bad. What do you mean Matthew Lillard is the guy in the Five Nights at Freddy movie? Why is there a Five Nights at Freddy movie? This this looks like one of those images that people like make as like a joke. Oh. It, might, it might be. I think it might be. I'm not sure. The movie is happening. What about or, this movie? I'm going to post an image of the uh, the poster in uh, in our chat here. I... I... I <laughs> Uh, I fucking got you. No warrior <laughs> has ever defeated this technique. Oh god, I forgot about the Hulu exclusive White Man Can't Jump remake. No, you can't remake that film. It's With Jack Harlow. With Jack Harlow. You can't do it. That would be like remaking Half Baked. You can't do it. It's in the fucking like it's in the Smithsonian now. Speaking of homo homoerotica, like you can't. It's not it's diff- different. People don't look the same. It's not, not, not going to work. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at a clip, and, like, Jack Harlow does not sell sell this at all for me. No. Woody Harrelson looks 40, looks 60, at probably 20, and, like, that's not, it's not the same. Who the... Wow. Woody Harrelson always looks so much worse than I think he will. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You're a talented man. Um... He knows how it looks. That mm, I'm. You gotta get a smaller fedora, my guy. You you gotta shrink that shit down. You look like a conehead. He's sixty now. That was this movie was thirty years ago. Four, thirty years ago. Thirty years ago. It was thirty. It was like thirty one. 
when this movie came out, and he looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin now. Isn't that hat pissing you off? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He looks great in White Men Can't Jump. And you know what part of the problem is? What? Look at those fucking layered sleeveless tops that hang like all the way down past the titties. That yeah. shit, it doesn't exist anymore. People aren't brave enough to play basketball like that anymore. And so the, the magic is gone. We lost it. We lost the magic 30 years ago. Look at the posters. like nothing. Still Woody Harrelson's big fucking hat. <laughs> this is nothing. Don't mind the Spanish. That's the only high-quality version I can find. I, that's... Why aren't they... Why don't their clothes have any color? Oh. Like, like where's <laughs> the costuming? And, and... Where's the... Why is this guy... Why is the white guy playing basketball in, like, a, a t-shirt layered over a longer sleeve shirt over shorts? It's just... <sighs> Wheeler, if I could wax poetic here for a second. Movies used to exploit us. You know? Yeah, yeah. Movies used to exploit us because they were sexy, and they were crude, and they were provocative, and they were trying to get a rise out of us because getting that rise out of us sold tickets. They, they wanted us to look at this man's titties and love what we saw. And they also wanted us to see the phrase white men can't jump and have a bunch of white men get all huffy in the newspapers of the time and be like, I can jump. What about Larry Bird? And it's like, what about Larry Bird? This ain't about you. <laughs> and I just, it's, it's, it's objectively worse. It's objectively not good for us to have that relationship with media. But I would like it if movies were a little grosser again. Yeah. We used to have stuff that was intolerable. Like Kentucky Fried Movie. That fucker is a historical landmark in film. It is unwatchable trash. <laughs> yeah, I think... The, hmm, I think... Hmm, like, we can't... It's not that long ago. We, can't, we could not make a scary movie today. Because, like, it feels like stuff is parroting itself to a point that it doesn't it can't be parodied. You know what you need to do that? And God bless him, it can't happen. Much like Bernie Sanders, he didn't cultivate a protege to keep the magic alive. And that's the only thing I can hold against him. Mel Brooks is over 90 years old. He can, he can still do it. <laughs> he could come out with a movie tomorrow that was called, like, The Revengeinators. Oh, wait. That reminds me. Okay, wait. I don't. Not to interrupt, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you know there's a new history of the world? The new one. Hold on, hold on. At the end of the history of the world part one, there was a spoof ending where he talked about history of the world part two, Jews in space. Is this that? Did he do it? Well, sort of. Uh, he's a producer on it. It's a Hulu series. It started in March this year. You're kidding. Mel Brooks is still in the chair, my god! It's kind of good from all I've seen. It seemed interesting, but not good. Hmm. Oh, it's on Disney Plus as well. Uh, 
It has uh, like uh, hold on. Uh, I see that. Um, I see that Danny DeVito's in it. Yeah, I'm sure they have names in it. It's just like it gives a it gives more drunk history than like probably what we're looking for. Oh my god! But it is in fact it does feature Hitler on ice and Jews in space. I think. <sighs> I feel bad for Mel Brooks because I think this is. You know, he he probably wanted to tell these jokes for over 30 years. And, like, by just being a producer and not a director, because, again, he's in his fucking 90s. Mm. He's not going to get what he wants, and the people he's in charge of are not going to understand his work or his intentions. I, listen, I know I bloviate a bit about certain people, but to me, someone who you know, puts comedians and comedy writers on a pedestal. Mel Brooks is like a deity. And to see at the end of his career a a stumble like this, it's just it's just so sad. He doesn't deserve that. He should have just they should have just let him keep collecting millions of dollars and chilling. Yeah. This is like the Spaceballs cartoon, which was a G4 Tech TV exclusive. It was it was bad. He didn't have much involvement and it didn't understand what he was going for. And this keeps happening to poor old Mel. Imagine if they made a, a Blazing Saddles puppet show that was run by Seth Rogen. That's what happens to everything Mel Brooks owns. And it pisses me off. Yeah. What was I talking about before this? Uh, stuff. Uh, Mel Brooks being the only person that could make. Yes, yes, yes. Like, God bless him. Uh, that. that... You need someone who's genre savvy and not just character savvy. Because yeah. th- we had this in like, what, 2000 and maybe 12? It was called like Superhero Movie and it was by the scary movie people ostensibly, like three years of separation. And it sucked ass because it was just, haha, Superman wears his underwear on the outside um, for, for 92 minutes. <laughs> Like debatably, you would say like something like uh, "Kick Ass" or would be would would be more of a like parody of that. Kick Ass. Okay, I'm gonna get flack for this. No, I won't. I never get flack. I'm I'm completely indisputably correct all the time. True. Um, Kick Ass Two was a nightmare of a film. A complete tragedy. Yeah, that's yeah. It was a mess. Hearing Nick Cage stretch out the word child into four or five syllables in a made-up accent during a really intense scene in Kick-Ass 1 is bad film, but great memory. Because I can hear him to this day going, CHILD! As he yells for his daughter to run away from, I think, gang danger. And someone who's genre-savvy could look at all of the 20 years of mostly terrible Marvel movies and say, all right, I know what to do. Uh, We're going to make a movie about uh, a villain who has a doomsday plan, uh, and he's not an idiot, but the heroes are, and they're still going to win, but they're going to be critical of their situation, and the villain's going to make fun of them a lot more than usual. And that already is skeleton enough of a film that all you have to do is put, like, clever dialogue and, like, genuinely fun action on top of it. Yeah. Uh, Spaceballs, great example. 
they had a lightsaber fight in that movie. At the time, that was pretty good tech. And it looked exactly like Star Wars. And it was bookended by penis jokes. And it worked perfectly. Um, so the real operative question is here, Wheeler. Who is the Marvel understander? Because hmm. we need them to save us. I would... Hmm. Okay, real quick uh, aside. Uh, the same person that wrote a superhero movie. Uh, he has written... Uh, he wrote for, at least, the... No, he is... No, he's cited as one of the creators of The Last of Us TV show. That sucks. He sucks. And, and he's writing the Borderlands movie. I love Borderlands. I ain't watching that shit. That plane... Kevin Hart is in it. Oh, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Jamie Lee Curtis. I might watch it. Jack Black has Claptrap. God. Tina Deshaun as Mad Moxie. That's kind of... Hmm, that's kind of... Gina Deshaun. Gina Deshaun. That's probably not correct. Uh, pronounce it, but Gina Deshaun. What's the first letter of her last name? I can't tell if it's a D or a J or... Gershon. G. G. Okay. Wow, she's 60! You would not believe she's 60. There, hmm. She is going to be wearing probably the biggest, fakest boobs in film. They got they they know how to make these things work. I'm just saying that's half of her character, and she's like 50 percent my namesake. I I know. <laughs> I get that a lot actually at work. Like, oh, do you like Borderlands? And I'm like, I used to. Uh, where was I? Where was I? Where were we? Uh, we were talking about the Borderlands movie. You were naming oh, yeah, the most uh, upsetting movies that are coming out. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was you talking about? Uh, I just had it. Kick ass. Yeah, that. Hmm. Yeah. The, who would do? Who would do a good job with that? Uh, with a yeah, superhero parody. Who is the Marvel understander? I. Hmm. My mind goes to like uh someone who can do comedy but also understands the seriousness of stuff. Like, I, like mind somewhere says like a peel type. Oh man! But like, also I don't feel like those type of movies are what he does. I feel like it's a bit eh. Yeah, I don't like, think we could just hand this to Jordan Peele. Like maybe a writer producer, not not a director. Yeah, we need something. Hmm. We're getting somewhere. Oh, I forgot he was like in charge of the Twilight Zone thing, the new, the reboot. Let's see, I love that we solve these problems for our listeners too, so they don't have to think about it. We don't just send our props into the wind; we solve everything. Exactly. <sighs> uh, any, any, any last wrap ups? Um. Pay full price for your Super Bowl tickets, because if you don't, you might have a hard time. Not an impossible time, but a hard time getting in the Super Bowl. Make sure you know uh, Gugu. Make sure you know Gugu. Oh, you know who would do an excellent... Uh, the, the, you know who could be the Marvel knower? Who? Um, Edgar Wright. Who did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Shaun of the Dead, and Hot Fuzz? I I wouldn't mind a, like a like a what's his name Simon Pegg. Yeah, him leading one of those. 
Can you imagine, uh, God, Simon Pegg as like, <laughs> he'd have to be some Captain America like replacement, but maybe like more local. Oh my God. Oh my God. I hate to put us on a tangent this close to the end, but are you familiar with the Great Lakes Avengers? I've, I've, I feel like you've definitely brought them up before. So the Great Lakes Avengers are such a bad superhero team that they have a song about how they suck. And not like a Jingle Bells Batman smells. It's a, it's a really good single by Kirby Crackle, actually. Um, let me just copy the song link and I'll drop it in chat. You can listen to that on your own time. Um, the Great Lakes Avengers is like, they're in Wisconsin. And their leader is Mr. Immortal. Um, who, he kind of, kind of sucks. Um, but he was created by the guy who made She-Hulk. So he's great. Um, and, uh, Simon Pegg as Mr. Immortal in a fucking, uh, in a, in a fucking, oh my god, we need it, we need this movie, we've solved it, we gotta start calling people. I mean, like, they're, they're eventually gonna have to get to the Great Lake Avengers, Great Lake Avengers. Well, this is like, that. the Great Lakes Avengers are like Z-listers, it's gonna be a long time, like, we've seen the long game from Marvel, it's gonna be like 50 years. Have have you seen some of the people they're pulling out now? It's it's get, it's getting there. It's getting there. Here's the difference, and not to be a DC fan, I'm kind of not. But that the Suicide Squad movie with the fucking Mister Polka Dots, um, when DC makes a deep cut, it fucking rules. When Marvel makes a deep cut, it's just so that a big nerd in the audience will clap like a seal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe there'll be like a cameo in like Deadpool three. <laughs> That's the closest they'll get. Uh, well, let me real quick. Uh, we've got. I'm too fair. Agatha, Echo, Ironheart. They're 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 not Z, but they're they're pretty. They're pretty like newish enough that they're not like established. Ironheart absolutely kicks ass. I adore her design. Yeah. Um. Like like uh I only mostly know her from like the snap stuff, but like her design outside of that is like even better. Uh her apparently she's getting a Marvel series and her suit looks like shit in it. I don't even want to show it to you. It's just upsetting. It looks the, so doo doo. Phase six? Okay. I'm I don't It don't matter. None of this matters. Everything, every phase is very confusing. Not like yeah. in a bad way, but like not good way. That that's why we stopped following these in probably 2010. Yeah. Wheeler, what about you? I keep extending this podcast by having ideas, but do you have any final thoughts on 80 for Brady? No, I'm. I'm... <laughs> Did you have any initial thoughts on 80 for Brady? <laughs> uh, here and there. Oh, they got the the hood is in uh, Ironheart. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta stop Marvel. I like that we came to that conclusion off of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only, only one team can stop the Avengers. That's the Eighty Brady's. Oh, that's the one. That's the one. Also, Guardians Three. It doesn't. It looks a bit. It looks a bit much. It looks a bit shit. Although. Did you see that post where it was like they showed all the Guardians wearing different spacesuits and the kid in the audience yelled, Among Us, and the room exploded? I haven't. That's amazing. <sighs>
Okay, this has been Wheeler the Podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Wheeler the Podcast. Sure has. I've been Moxie. That's Moxie. We said more about 80 for Brady than anyone else on the entire internet. I wasn't expecting this. You, we've been trying to do this for weeks. Yeah, we didn't have a lot to say. We just, <laughs> we just had it planned. <laughs> we were, we were, I was born to sit down on a porch with like an iced tea and a rocking chair and just not shut up for several hours. That's what podcasting is for. That's you the modern, put, that's a modern equivalent. You put me in that mode and I'm in my element and we go. Uh, so yeah. we will do it again for the next terrible movie. I'm sure. Movie occasion, whatever, whatever comes up podcast.